This is episode 195 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, my friend, happy Friday. Good to be with you. I love Fridays, and I must have really loved Thursday because I didn't send you an episode on Thursday. So we're getting close to the holiday, and I am really busy. So I may blank out a day or two here or there in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. We'll see. I'd really need to prioritize family and my local church ministry, and so I may take a day or two here or there. But today, today, I've got some quotes that you absolutely have to hear. I'm working on the final project for my final course in this doctoral program that I'm in, and as I'm looking over my notes from uh, the class, I have all these quotes that I wrote down, and I, and I picked just a couple of them for you because I just I think they're just that good. And these first two quotes are about change in your church. When you're trying to institute some change, here's the first quote. We, we underestimate the number of stakeholders needed in a change process, but we overestimate naysayers and their impact. So people that are upset with change and they squawk and they're the squeaky wheel, you know, we, we overestimate these naysayers. We overestimate the impact they're going to have. If you have 100 people and you've got four or five people that are squawking, man, it sounds like 50 of them are squawking, but they're really not. There's really just four or five. And people know them, likely. They understand who they are. They know that probably they're the ones that are always going to come out perhaps negatively or the glass is half empty perspective on it. And sometimes they just need to be heard. Well, we always need to hear the naysayers. We need to hear what they're saying just in case maybe they're right and we need to adjust something. But we can't overestimate the naysayers. We can't overestimate their impact. But what we can't underestimate is the number of stakeholders needed in a change process. So Cotter has written a book, K-O-T-T-R, written a number of books about change, the eight steps or the eight-step uh, eight change process. And it always includes get your key stakeholders on board. And so you have to have the meetings before the meeting. You have to have communication with people. You have to over-communicate. You have to communicate with the right people. You have to decide who are the influencers, who are the stakeholders. So we can't underestimate the number of stakeholders we need in a change process, but we shouldn't overestimate naysayers and their impact either. And then in, in the context of change, don't use the word change, pastor. Just don't use it. Say, we're going to innovate here. We're going to, we're going to do an experiment. We're going to do a two-month experiment. We're going to try something new. We've been doing it this way for a long time. Let's try something new. Uh, we're going to do a three-week trial. Just don't use the word change. Call it an experiment. Call it anything else. And after a while, people may catch on, but you know what? When you don't use the word change, see what happens. Okay, here's a couple other quotes. Here's one. Your self-awareness is your ceiling. Oh, man, I like that one. All these quotes I like. That's why I typed them out as soon as I heard them. Your self-awareness is your ceiling. 
once you don't realize the impact that you're having for good or for bad, your impact has hit a lid. And so as your self-awareness grows, your impact grows. As your self-awareness increases and broadens and deepens, your impact does all of those things, and you have a greater impact. You need to understand yourself. I need to understand myself. And so we need to keep growing in self-awareness. Here's another one. Ask this question to your elders or your board members or your leadership team, whatever you call them. Here's the question. Why are we doing Sunday morning worship services? And they'll tell you, well, so people can gather. Yeah, but why? So they can uh, uh, hear the word of God. Why? Just keep asking why. Keep drilling down and have a discussion with your leadership team. Why do we have Sunday morning worship services? Or for you, you may have it at a different time, a different place. Just ask, why do we do this? And then the second question is, why do we do it the way we do it? And is there a better way? There's three questions. (laughs) Why do we do Sunday morning worship services? Why do we do them the way we do them? And is there a better way? Here's another quote. We often listen too much to both haters and admirers. Oh, man, that's a good one. We do, like I I said earlier, we, we overestimate naysayers. We do that. But we also listen too much to the admirers. Like, we like to listen to them, but they're going to come up with something good all the time. They're always going to say something nice to you, even if it was bad. Don't listen so much to your admirers. Listen to people who have thoughtful critique. And you know what? You can listen to both the hater and the admirer. Just don't listen too much to them. But listen a lot to the person with thoughtful critique. Here's the last quote. Part of the second chair work is doing the hard work and not worrying about getting the credit. Man, that's good. If you're in a second position, if you're an associate, uh, an assistant, whatever you're called, if you're the uh, the second pastor, the second leader, work really hard, but don't worry about who gets the credit. Now, I want to add this, though. I would also say that part of the pastoral role is doing the hard work and giving others the credit. So if you're in the first chair, you better be giving others the credit. You better not be taking credit for yourself. You know, you give God the glory and you give others the credit. There's a, there's a bigness to that. There's a graciousness to that. There's a magnag... I can't say it. There's a magnanimity to that. Magnanimous. That's what you want to be, magnanimous. So share the credit. So again, these quotes, don't underestimate the number of stakeholders needed in a change, but don't overestimate naysayers and their impact. And don't use the word change. Use innovation, innovate, experiment, try, trial, anything. Just don't use change. Your self-awareness is your ceiling. Why are we doing Sunday morning worship services? And why are we doing them the way we're doing them? And can we do them better or differently. We often listen too much to both haters and admirers. And part of the second chair work is doing the hard work and not worrying about getting the credit. And 
Part of the pastoral role is doing the hard work and giving others the credit. Some quotes that I wanted to share with you, Pastor, I think they're so good. And these are just things that this is where we live and breathe and do our work in these areas. So, Pastor, we're moving toward Thanksgiving, and then there'll be Christmas, and then New Year's, and then literally the new year. I hope that you take some time to just sit and reflect, pray, meditate, be still, and know that he is God. I hope you take some time for yourself, Pastor, to reframe, reorient, to evaluate your thinking, your schedule, your work habits, your Sabbaths, your relationships, And in your reflections, I pray that God gives you some insight and some new thoughts for a new year. But I'll catch up with you very soon on the Coaching for Pastors podcast.